Martin, we're getting very professional now. We've even got a signature tune music to start the Biz News webinar. It's good to see you. Uh, what time is it in New York? At the moment, it's 6 a.m., Alec. Wonderful. I'm sure you're a, you're a member of the 5 a.m. club, so you've been up for at least an hour already. Uh, I can see the, the dawn is breaking there here in Johannesburg. Of course, it's our noontime webinar, and today a special uh, a focus on our business partners, Orbest, who are specialists in investing into the United States medical properties. Uh, we've been working together with you guys for a while uh, and to expose today a, a brand new product to the business community. Martin, just by, by way of background, I've got a, a pretty slide on, uh, on you, which we've got to have a look at. Uh, there it is. Um, the the base, Being based in New York City, I guess being the chief executive of a company that invests in property in the United States uh, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. You know, Orvest is now moving firmly into the realm of being a global real estate company. And as such, I think that when you are positioning yourself globally and raising equity from around the world, you need to be based, in our opinion, in New York. You say around the world? So it's not just South Africans who are investing into Orvest? Absolutely. We raise from more than 10 countries at the moment. And since the start of the pandemic, uh, we've received a strong expression of interest from many other countries. And we're about to start moving into those countries, too. I see you also went to UKZN. Well, I, I only spent a year there, so it's not surprising we didn't bump into each other. But uh, which one, Durban or Maritzburg? Durban. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I thought we might have something a little more in common with uh, with the Maritzburg University, but uh, Durban were the, uh, you know, were the, the the more intellectual cousins. And then you you spent time at, at Harvard Business School. What did you learn there? I did. I did an executive management program in 2012, and that was part of my journey to actually immigrating to the United States. Uh, when I did that program at Harvard in Boston. There were two things I loved about the U.S. The first was the uh, stability of the country and the future that it could offer my family and my kids. And the second was it obviously brought to the fore my desire to get into real estate in the United States. And that was where our journey began. Well, we are, uh, we've got lots of people who have joined the webinar today. But before we get into the uh, the presentation, a short presentation, and then Questions, always lots of questions on these webinars. Our general manager, Stuart Lohman, is um, looking after the technology in the back end. Stu, do you want to just help us through that? Excellent. Thanks, Alec. Um, to those new to the webinars, there should be a little high five button on the control panel, which is on the right-hand side. If you can hear my voice, see Alec and Martin in the presentation underneath, can you just give us a high five? If it's coming through clear on my side, so make sure it's coming through clearly on your side. Let's see, Alec. Any high fives? Oof. Got a couple, mm, there's a few, <laughs> not, not, not many, there we go, they're starting to come through, that's good. Um, as Alex said, you keep a, the question and answer will come post the presentation, but there's little questions bar on the control panel as well. If you can put your questions in there, Alex can pass them on to Martin once he's finished going through the new product. But that's it from our side, Alex, good luck. Much better. Now, 30, 40, 50, uh, half hearts. Thanks very much. And greetings from Hunty Kruer in a Mamsam Toti. Greetings back to you, Hunty. So she knows how to uh, post the, que uh, the questions. It's very easy. As Stuart said, there's a little question mark. Just click on that and type in your question. Okay, Martin, let's get into the uh, exciting part of this discussion today. Um, just to, to uh, recap again what Orbvest is uh, and, and the way it, it is focused. But you've got... You've got great ambitions as well. And I think that's, um, you could maybe talk to this slide that we've got on the screen, if you would, just for a few moments. Thank you, Alec. And uh, so our goal has always been that we intend to have a portfolio exceeding a billion US dollars by 2025, and we will list on the NASDAQ. We currently are listed on the Seychelles Stock Exchange, which is part of the World Federation of Exchanges. And as you can see, our portfolio is well over now $300 million under management. We set ourselves a goal that by 2023, we would be raising equity from 
10 countries. We are already exceeding that. And really, as we've said before, you know, demand for our product continues to increase literally month after month. Martin, I've got to ask you this question up front. I've just read the most amazing book about a huge scam with a guy called Joe Lowe from uh, a Malaysian, and he used the Seychelles. And I, I know from time to time we do get people who uh, who ping us to say, yeah, we like all vets, we like what they're doing, but are these guys legit? Why are they using Seychelles? So I think the answer is quite simple. You know, as uh, South Africans, we generally have the choice of Mauritius, uh, Guernsey, Cayman Islands, BVI, any of those kind of islands where you can have an offshore structure or alternatively uh, make sure that your money is kept and is safely housed. Uh, the Seychelles has sprung to predominance because of its low barrier to costs and entry, and especially for South Africans. It really does exactly the same as any other island. The difference is that it is very cost effective for our investors and for South Africans. Okay, so no worries then about it being a dodgy location of, of any type? Not at all. And especially it's important for people to understand that uh, to be a exchange in the world today, you have to be part of the World Federation of Exchanges. You get an ASIN number, uh, the rules, the anti-money laundering, the FICA, the KYC are extremely stringent. And so it's tough to be an exchange anywhere in the world today. And so they are regulated the same as you would find anywhere else. Good. Well, thanks for setting my mind at ease there. Uh, here's a, an interesting uh, graph to show, well, chart rather, to, to build on what you showed us just a moment ago. The, the growth is, is quite phenomenal. So people always want to know, you know, you go into the United States, where are you going to invest? It's a very large place and uh, there are different fundamentals in every single state across the United States. We pick areas where there is strong population growth, where it's very stable, where there's a diverse economy. We don't want to rely on any particular economy. And the states that really have shown phenomenal growth in the last couple of years and continue to even going forward is places like Texas, the four major metropoles being Dallas, Houston, San Antonio and Austin, and then also Atlanta, Georgia. And then we also have invested into the tri-state area being New Jersey incredibly popular with international investors and seeking, you know, that high profile status of the tri-state area. Going forward, you'll see the other areas we intend to move into in the coming year or two, which is areas that are well known, for example, Florida, obviously uh, prolific numbers in terms of people moving to Florida, which obviously fuels then real estate prices over time and other areas like Colorado, Utah, Arizona and the Carolinas. It's interesting uh, looking at that map there, Florida and Arizona, two uh, favored locations for older people. And we know that older people spend, spend more proportionately on healthcare than, than younger people. Is that part of the motivation? It certainly is. So number one, from a tax perspective, it is very affordable to move to Arizona, uh, you know, warm weather, great weather. And, uh, you know, to be able to go and retire there is incredibly easy. In terms of Florida, we all understand a lot of people have traveled there on vacation and it is a limited area in terms of where you can actually go and live in and real estate prices just continue to increase. Uh, everything stacks up. And uh, so those two areas in particular are good from a real estate perspective. And as you say, with an aging population, they spend more on healthcare. And so it's one of the areas that we would like to start acquiring real estate in. And here's some of the buildings. Do you want to take us through these? So up until now, remember, the most important thing for listeners and investors into Orvest is that you acquire a stake in one real estate building after the other. Meaning if you like, for example, Medical 26 or Medical 23, you purchase an equity stake in that building and you get the returns directly from that building. And so that is the reason why we are excited about our launch today of our new product, ODH. We'll talk about it in a second, but it is quite a dramatic change for Orvest, for certain investors that are seeking a different product. So these uh, properties, and maybe you can just, just update us, because a lot of the business community are now in, in Orvest, uh, uh, various properties. As you say, up until now, you've focused on one particular building, and that has been... Uh, 
uh, something that that um, people have gone into given the pandemic, given what we hear about what's happening in the United States. How have the investments been performing? So that's a great question. Since the start of the pandemic and even prior to that, for the prior six years, people have said, why healthcare? And we all know it's one of the most stable asset classes in the world in terms of real estate. It is incredibly recession resistant and recession proof. And so we've said to people, if and when a correction or recession arrives, you'll want to be in healthcare. We just never expected it to be a black swan event. Since the start of the COVID pandemic, we have collected in excess of 95% of our collections from our tenants that are in the buildings, which has been absolutely phenomenal compared to if you take the other industries, which is retail, commercial, uh, hospitality, where they've taken an absolute pounding. I mean, we've been pretty much unaffected from a rental perspective for the tenants that are in our buildings already. So it really is proving to validate our strategy of you should be, if you want a safe, stable asset, be investing in healthcare, real estate. And then if you can do it in the USA, well, that's even better. That's extraordinary. So uh, we hear the, many of the horror stories of uh, property owners not getting rentals. Well, I guess because certainly in this country anyway, you're not allowed to go to the office or for many, they, they aren't able to or hadn't been able to until recently. But your continuation of the uh, of the story with the rentals, 95%. So pretty much everybody who's in your portfolio is paying up. They really are. And, you know, we sometimes get asked, you know, is there anybody who's not paying? And certainly in the U.S., I just want to remind everyone that, yes, we have had a few of our tenants who have said, look, they've had to shut down. And those tenants are generally like your doctor or your dentist, uh, bearing in mind that the U.S. underpinned most uh, businesses over the area of uh, the period of April and May into June through the stimulus package. And so they were able to receive a check, which covered pretty much most of their rent and also some of their staff costs. And so that certainly buffered them. And those tenants that did ask for a reprieve or an abatement uh, are popular. They're well-known. They're profitable tenants. And they said to us, as soon as they open in the period of July, August, whatever arrears there is, they'll pay off over the remainder of the coming three months. So those are the smaller tenants. In terms of the actual impact on the portfolio, bearing in mind that one doctor or dentist with his receptionist doesn't really impact the total building where we've got, for example, anywhere from 10 to 20 tenants, and we've got very large players in there. The kind of players like the labs and radiology, oncology, spinal units, where there's a lot of people, those stayed open right the way through. They are deemed essential services. And so as we've seen all along, even in areas of South Africa, certain medical office buildings and hospitals have to stay open during pandemics. Martin, what about the dividend stream to investors? In terms of dividends, all these buildings, we won't acquire them unless they are generating on day one a cash-on-cash return of 8% to our investors, give or take. And so what we mean is over the life of the project, it needs to generate on average 8%. If you invest $100,000, you'll get $8,000 per annum return which will be then paid to you quarterly, uh, plus minus $2,000 per quarter, bearing in mind every building is different. And then when we sell the building after five years, you'll also generate a profit. And those two together are known as your RRR, internal rate of return, which we needed to exceed uh, 12%, for example, um, per annum in US dollars. And have you been achieving that despite the pandemic? We certainly have. For six years, we've got an impeccable record of paying dividends uh, to thousands of investors from also, as I said, around the world. And um, we're really very proud of that. And as we move forward, uh, we are still in a position now, notwithstanding the competitive nature of people wanting to acquire these buildings in the U.S., that we're still able to generate 8% cash on cash, uh, which we believe is a fantastic return to most people around the world. Certainly, if you're investing in South African rands, and thankfully, uh, many of the business community did that some time ago when the rand was a lot stronger. So let's, we won't pull that into the equation. 
because then the numbers start looking a little crazy. But you've you've got your new product. That's really the reason why we're having this conversation today. Uh, it is something very different. Up to now, as you said, all of the investments have gone into individual buildings. Now you're doing it differently. Just explain to us why. So I'll go through what it says essentially on the screen. The first thing is we really are proud of this. You know, we're planning ODH for a number of months now. What is it? It's always diversified holdings. And essentially, it's a portfolio of our assets. And it is to further diversify your investment and spread your risk over a number of buildings. So in terms of ODH, it will be a minimum of eight investments. Four of them will be existing buildings that we already have that are producing returns right now. And four of them will be new buildings that we are going to be acquiring in the next couple of months. The question is, why are we now doing this? And the real reason is that our primary criteria for existence is the preservation of capital of our investors. And so we've had for a long time demand and requests from people, whether it be a small investor or a large investor, to say, instead of me going and investing one by one into every building and having to understand numbers and understand the fundamentals of real estate, which I'm new to real estate, can't you just give me like a portfolio of assets and I'll invest one amount and you invest it across a whole lot of assets. And that's what ODH does. It allows a person to make a single investment into ODH and basically then build immediately a healthcare portfolio in the United States. You, you are essentially becoming a real estate owner in the United States. And for me, the most exciting thing is the biggest impact is that for the smaller investors, as you know, Alec, our minimum investment is $5,000 per building. And so if you wanted to build a portfolio and have eight investments, you would have to invest $40,000, which is over 700,000 Rand. And that's beyond the realm for most South Africans. However, with this product, the minimum investment is still $5,000, but for 88,000 odd Rand, it means pretty much there is an enormous amount of people in South Africa that can now invest into a portfolio of assets. It essentially means that if you take your $5,000 and you divide it over the minimum of eight uh, investments, you're essentially investing $600 per building, which means that most people are now able to now suddenly invest into Orvest and have the stability and the diversification through the single ODH product. It makes a lot of sense, uh, and that's why there are now fractional shares. I was actually looking at, uh, earlier this morning with a friend of mine on putting together a U.S. portfolio. And if you're going to do it the way we've got it in our business portfolio, you've got to put in $16,000 to be able to, to afford one Amazon share, which is $3,000, as 20% of your portfolio in, in the, you know, the way we've structured it. So a fractional it just makes a lot of sense. But those four existing properties. Up to now, our conversations have always been that they're individual properties and presumably they all fully sold or fully invested in. Are people cashing in some of their investments that, that you can put this into the portfolio? How does that work? So the area of where does the equity come from comes from essentially four places. The first is that I'll just say that going forward in terms of new investments, our own Obvious fund will get priority in terms of any investment. The second thing is that existing investors. It's not that they're cashing in. It's that now and then over time, you know, people have personal circumstances. It might be COVID. It might be that they're immigrating and they might have $100,000 into a building. And you and I have often spoken about are people able to cash out if they ever need to, given that it's a five-year product, our normal investments. And so what we've normally done is we've floated that to the other investors in that building and it normally gets snapped up. Going forward, we as Obvious Fund will be acquiring those shares back from investors. The third is that we have had, since the start of the pandemic, there were one or two of our larger investors who had committed and have come to us and said, look, given COVID and their own businesses and their personal situation, uh, they would prefer maybe to give it a miss at the moment and we'll be grabbing those equity stakes. And then the last is that we just recently launched, as you know, our Princeton building in New Jersey and it's been oversubscribed. In order to ensure that we close on time within the 45 days, 
will sometimes use a last bit of bridging finance to close and ensure that we can then take down the building. That bridging amount, as we then start to repay it and cash it out, and we've acquired the building, we will be earmarking portions of that bridging amount for our fund, which means that in each of our popular buildings, we're able to somehow get an equity stake in the buildings. Obviously, there's a lot of rules around ODH. It cannot be more than 10% of the equity. It cannot be more than X percent of exposure in the fund, because at all times, it's about minimizing the risk of the investor and making sure that we can deliver on the expected returns to the investor. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. We've got a um, another um, chart here, which or graph picture, <laughs> which can make exactly. maybe make it a little easier to understand. And it's really just a summary of what we're talking about. So this product will be two and a half million dollar raise. We really do believe that this is going to be swamped in a very short space of time. Uh, but uh, we are comfortable that we'd rather start at the two and a half million dollars, allow certainly a number of investors and especially new investors to come into this very quickly and easily. Um, and the targeted returns, the important aspect is we expect this to generate 8% cash on cash. Uh, if it does generate slightly more than that, we will build some kind of reserve into the actual product and we expect it to generate a minimum RR or total return of 11% in dollars per annum. How does it work? It means that you'll get your 8% as you move along and then as you get towards the end and we start to sell these buildings. So we will then start to repay the, uh, obviously the dividends together with a portion of the capital gain. And then when everything is sold, it's then closed out and everything is repaid back to investors, including their profits. Quite a lot of questions about that, but we'll get into that in a moment. This is more detailed. Do you want to explain to us how this all works? Absolutely. I'm not going to go through this in a lot of detail. Suffice to say that it's self-explanatory on the screen in terms of the number of buildings, the period, in terms of our expected returns on a yearly basis, which most people want to know about the cash on cash. The more sophisticated investors would be asking, what's my total return? I personally like to say to people that anybody receiving more than 10% per annum in dollars is doing very well uh, on a consistent basis. I think the important one to note is the obvious asset management fee, which is a half a percent per annum. And for anybody in financial services, they'll know that that's below the normal fees usually charged of 1% and more. Below that on the table, what you can really see is a schematic of if you had to invest, for example, $10,000, what would it look like? And all of our brochures always show this. It's to just make it simple. So you'll obviously receive plus minus your 8% per annum, which means $800. And then after the five years, you start to see in year four and five, we're starting to sell and cash out of all our investments. And that gives you a total after tax return of 11.5%. This is the minimum that we are targeting. And so we are very comfortable with our assumptions uh, in this product. So let's just understand that to the investment of $10,000 uh, after tax, you'll be getting back $16,300. Correct. Okay. Correct. And Which gives you a IRR of 11.5%. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Martin, we've got, we've got piles of questions. Uh, so I'm just going to... Um, just put that last graph. Uh, what picture is that? Is that one of the uh, one of the cities with your buildings? Well, that's one of the pictures in the USA. Uh, we've got a number of uh, pictures all over our various website and marketing material, and so it certainly aligns with our new uh, marketing strategy of colors, etc. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, okay. So let me let me get on to. Uh, the first of our questions, Ed Goosh asks, which tax jurisdiction uh, is it in and what are the implications for South Africans, especially capital gains tax? So this product is only through our Seychelles structure. Normally, we would have international investors going through either America, through our broker dealer there, or the Seychelles. This is only in the Seychelles. It's only for our South Africans. It goes through the Seychelles. You receive the money back as dividends. Capital gains? And in terms of capital gains, whether it's dividends or capital gains, you will declare it in your tax jurisdiction. As we know in South Africa, uh, dividend tax is 20%. And in terms of all your tax, 
We've got a team of people at Orbis that'll take you through each one of your unique personal circumstances. And we always say to people, you know, we are not tax experts. We've been doing this for six years. It's the same questions that generally come up, but we'll always say to you, consult your accountant or a tax expert, and we have people that we can refer you to also. And just to remind you, if you'd like to pose your question, there's a little question mark uh, button on the screen there on the control panel. Uh, click on that and uh, type away. Uh, Janet DeAngelis uh, asks also, what are the tax implications and also U.S. estate duty considerations uh, for those investing from South Africa? Well, that's the perfect thing is that you're not investing in the U.S., through a U.S. structure. So when we initially started, uh, for example, myself, I had what's known as an LLC. It's a limited liability company. And you set it up in the U.S., it's costly, it's expensive, and it is also very cumbersome every year. You know, you need to submit tax returns. So what we did was we listed in the Seychelles. Also, another advantage was so that we could invest via the Seychelles directly into the U.S. and make it a one-stop shop for people. We take people around the world by the hand, we help them invest. We then do everything for them. We manage all the various structures and we pay it back to them in terms of dividends. So that's in terms of investing via the U.S. You don't have to worry about estate duties because you're not in a structure in the United States itself. That's quite relevant. Uh, certainly the, the stuff we've heard about U.S. estate duties, which can be fairly onerous. It certainly can. And so if you're a high net worth individual, and you've got sufficient capital and you want to set up your own structure, you'll generally do that in one of the islands we've spoken about. Or alternatively, people have their own companies in the United States. But for most people around the world, and specifically, if you look at our investors from whether it's Brazil, sometimes China and various other countries, they just want to know, give me a structure somewhere in the world I can go into. You'll manage it. I want to get my dividends. I want to get my capital back. And it comes back to me in the form of dividends. And that's clean and simple, and that's what we've managed to do over all these years. So nasty, no nasty surprises coming around the corner. No. Uh, Ed asks, here's another question, follow-up question. He says, can the dividend be reinvested as it is paid? Absolutely. So people do three things with their dividends. The first thing is that they'll take it and they'll actually live off it. And specifically, ODH is a great product for people looking to just get their stable returns. The second thing, importantly, is for a lot of our investors, we always try and explain the exponential power of compound growth, which is you take your dividends, you reinvest it, you compound your earnings. And then the third is people do a bit of both. You know, they'll go overseas at the end of the year and they'll use the money to spend on vacation when they can actually travel and go on vacation, Alec. Uh, but we hope that will return to normality soon. So absolutely, people reinvesting, it's a huge part of our philosophy People have done it consistently quarter on quarter. And that's also a way in which they diversify into so many of our different products. They get the returns and they put into the next and the next and the next. And it can be almost automated. It can. Excellent. Uh, Christine Lowe says, what are the tax consequences of investing in ODH, uh, IRS and SARS? So we've spoken certainly about uh, the uh, South African jurisdiction. You receive dividends back. At the end of the year, whether you got it from an offshore share portfolio or whether you got it from ODH or any other investment, you simply sit down with your accountant at the end of the year. You submit what you earned in terms of an employer. You submit what you earned in terms of your shares and your various other amounts of revenue, and they will do a simple calculation for you. It's completely compliant and allowed. That's South Africa. In terms of the U.S. and in terms of the RS, all taxation at the necessary Project level is paid, and then that flows back up to the various structures and back out the country and back to you as dividends. And so that's what not only ourselves do, but it's what large players all around the world do, because we're not the only people investing into the United States. There are many other large players from around the world that have been doing this for many, many years. The only difference is they don't generally allow smaller investors into their deals. They do it all themselves. Mm -hmm. Dorian Wrigley says, are there additional fund fees for the consolidated product as compared to single building investments? No. Half a percent per annum. That's it. So you get your returns that come from the projects. There are obviously fees in different uh, revenue streams and uh, expenses in each building. That flows all up into the product. 
and we have chosen to charge half a percent per annum. We know that it is extremely competitive. We know that it is low, but uh, we really believe that this is a product that a lot of our investors and potential investors have asked us for for a long period of time. And so we're delighted that we can bring it to market at such a competitive rate. Pete Lowe wants to know on which platforms will this product be available? Web Trader? No. That's kind of bad. No. So uh, if you want to, you simply go on to www.orbest.com. You register. Uh, one of our relationship uh, consultants will get hold of you straight away. We will always do the right thing, which is we're not just going to let you invest. We're going to take you through who we are. We're going to send you the necessary material. We're going to get you comfortable on it. We want you to invest when you feel comfortable. And that's something we're really good at, myself and my partners, is client service. We want to make sure that at all stages in your investment journey with us, you know who to talk to, you've always got someone to pick up the phone to, and that whilst it is seamless online, once you've got past the FICA and KYC and AML scenario, because everyone has to, that the rest of it in terms of reinvestments on our platform, it's straightforward. Yeah, Pete, and uh, just to add to that, I've been going through the process on WebTrader, for instance, and when you are doing stuff like that, FICA and KYC and all of these anagrams, they're quite challenging, but it's well worth it when you finally do get through uh, that whole process. And it's not as difficult as it as it sounds. Chairman you know, Prem. It's, it's something I want to just mention is that, you know, I, I was a busy guy in South Africa and I always said, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And I never got to doing it. And probably one of my regrets was that I probably should have started five years earlier. Uh, we all should have. Uh, you know, you, you know, you've got people like Magnus and everybody else who's just saying, you know, invest offshore and it's it's time consuming. But when you actually just get it done, it's not that difficult. All they want to know is who are you? Are you legit? Uh, le just show us your actual documentation. And once it's all done, you can invest not only with Orbvest, you can invest with anybody who is allowing you to take your money offshore and earn good, reliable dividends and returns as opposed to consistently worrying about the RAND and all the various bits of media negativity that go up and down every single day in South Africa, which is, by the way, where all my friends and family still live. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good point that, that we, we tend to put things off and procrastinate on them. And uh, next time you hear Magnus Haystick showing you <laughs> what you should have done, uh, you, you then uh, realize that, okay, uh, maybe I should get around to it this weekend and something else happens in, instead. I've done it. I've gone through that whole process and it, it does, it's not really that much of a hassle. It's just actually allocating a little bit of time and, and making it happen. And I guess, uh, then you being able, you're able to track it, as you were saying on, on Orbvest as well. Sh and, Shaman and I just want to say one other thing and that is that, you know, in terms of your listeners, uh, I often like to say, you know, uh, I was with all the large banks and I never got returns of 8%. And uh, people often say to us, you know, are the returns for real? And I say, listen, we haven't got hundreds. We've got over a thousand clients we can refer you to who have been getting their good 8% cash on cash dividends for a long period of time. Um, do real estate companies have hiccups? Of course we do. Do we have our issues? Yes. But that's the reason why you have a team like us who make sure that we manage it. You get your dividends and that you can actually achieve these kind of returns in a seamless manner. Chairman Prem says, what is the process of getting your investment out at the end of the period in currencies of your choice? So we will obviously return it to you in U.S. dollars because it is a U.S. dollar investment. What you then decide to do with it or where it goes there afterwards is up to you. Mark Detoy says, as it's a five-year product and Orvest will take up any early exiting shareholders' shares, are there penalties for exiting early? Assume they will obviously forfeit any potential gain. So there is a 5% uh, fee that will be charged to people if they decide to exit. In terms of on the exchange, it has to go through and has to be a buy, willing buyer, willing seller. Uh, we obviously will be the buyer. Um, and if it is a large amount of shares, we may only decide to buy a certain portion and then other investors will also be able to acquire these kind of shares. Because bearing in mind at all times, it's about the risk diversification. So if we have enough in a particular investment, we will then not take it up and we'll put it onto our normal secondary platform. 
So in terms of the fees, if you want to exit, uh, we, we always say there's never a guarantee that you can exit. But up until now, as you've seen on every single one of our investments, if people want to get out, there's generally people that will buy it from you at the right price. But you, you can almost bank that you're going to pay a 5% fee. You'll out. pay some kind of fee, but bearing in mind, if you're earning 8% a year, you know, it's two quarters. You know, it's two quarters of your dividends and, and you're out. You know, and there's not too many products around that are generating those kind of returns and still allowing you to get out if you want to. Uh, he's got a follow-up question, has Mike Detoy. He says, so there's no U.S. tax or CITUS, S-I-T-U-S no. tax? CITUS. No, there is not. There is not. So you're going through a structure in the Seychelles, as I said before, which then invests into either on all our buildings, a single building or in terms of various buildings. It flows back. We then handle it for you. We do all the accounting and structuring and uh, pay all the costs. And then we pay it back to you in terms of a dividend. That's what you're receiving. You're receiving a dividend. In terms of every person in South Africa, you are legally allowed to send out a million rand for yourself and for your spouse also and then also an amount for your kids. So we have great partners also who can assist in terms of getting money out if you need to. We refer you to them. But generally, every person is allowed to send out a minimum of a million rand per annum, which can go into then our structures. And most banks, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, Capitec, not so, as we discovered uh, in, the, in the most <laughs> past. Death taxes for South Africans, asked Christine Erasmus. Sorry, can you repeat that again? Death taxes for South Africans? In terms of death taxes, uh, my understanding is that uh, you have a will and your state will generally guard where the money needs to be paid. But I assume then it would go into your state and you would pay the necessary taxes in your state. But I think the point there is that there's no U.S. estate duty. No. Lab. No. Philip Nicholson asks, why would I not just buy a REIT such as MPW listed on the New York Stock Exchange, subjected to associated governance with a longer history? That's, that's great um, because uh, most REITs have taken an absolute pounding in the last year. Remember, REITs essentially are uh, subject to market sentiment. They move up and down, uh, whereas you're investing into a stable building. If you look at a lot of the REITs, even in the healthcare sector, they were smashed in the last couple of months because a lot of them had gone into areas like senior living, which, as we know, in America in particular, you do not want to be sending your parents to a senior living facility because that's where they had most of the impact. And so, you know, it's, sometimes it's just a lot easier to go into a stable portfolio of assets that's not subject to any kind of volatility. It's the same as trying to compare the prices of a share, which moves up and down all the time to just a standalone business where every year you're going to get your profit. And so that was, that's what we offer. We offer that stability and that consistency so you don't have to go to sleep at night wondering what's going to happen tomorrow morning. Is it going to be up or is it going to be down? But certainly I think that we can all agree on one thing. The REITs since the start of the pandemic have taken an absolute hammering. Brian Kennedy says, can this investment lead to U.S. citizenship if $900,000 is invested? So, Brian, uh, we get asked the question a lot. The investment you're talking about is EB-5. I myself got into the United States through EB-5 investment. Uh, we as Orvest will not get involved in EB-5 at all, purely because it is an amazing skill set that you need. It's absolute focus. Uh, we have partners who do EB-5, and that's all they do. And uh, you need to really be on standby to look after that person and their family and everything about their move to immigrate. We do commercial investing into buildings, and that's what we focus on. Follow-up from Dorian uh, Wrigley, who says, can one invest with existing offshore funds directly into the social structure? Yes, you can. Oscar Brandenburg says, I'm Swiss, living in South Africa, but might go back to Europe in the next few years. Can I participate? Yes, you can. Just uh, So in other words, what you're saying on both of those questions is you don't have to be South African to participate in this. You definitely don't have to be South African as long as it goes through our Seychelles structure. 
Hot, uh, Hotmut Johannes says, uh, why are you going to close out after five and a half years? Can't you just replace the older properties with new ones and let ODH roll on indefinitely? Well, you know, I think a lot of people like to know there's a start and an end. And, um, you know, at that point, I would hope that we would be potentially on ODH nine or 10 um, with significantly larger amounts. There is no guarantee at the moment. We're starting with only two and a half because that's what's available. I do expect, and I'll say it again, that this will be swamped in terms of uh, the mantra of first come, first serve. Um, and so I would say that for most of our investors, they want to have a plan. They want to know I'm, in, I'm investing and there's a defined exit. At that point when you exit, as long as we have additional similar products that you can invest into, that's what most people are seeking because they actually don't want the money back. They actually just want to see it continuing to grow. And we're always offering those kind of great similar investments. Anthony Jackson says, do you have to remain invested for five years or can they be early redemption? So you've got, you got the, from the one side of the spectrum to the other. Absolutely. So as we said before, if you want to get out, yes, you can get out and there will be the fees. Um, it's not always guaranteed. It's willing buyer, willing seller. But what I would say to most people is when you invest and you start to get U.S. dollars, Every single quarter consistently, uh, there's not too many people that want to get out. You know, they realize when they look at their other investments and they look at ours, they say, well, it's a lot easier and I'm happy with these returns. Uh, certainly, that's been our experience for most of our investors and hence the reason why the business continues to grow and grow. Christine Lowe's follow-up question. You mentioned that ODH is an investment vehicle for South African residents. What happens with the investment when a South African investor emigrates? So when you immigrate, uh, you give us instructions as to where your tax jurisdiction is. It needs to be paid in a compliant manner at all times to uh, wherever you might be. And uh, we'll follow the tax jurisdictions in that area. Pete Lowe says, sorry for being a skeptic, but it sounds too good to be true. 11% in US dollars. So, uh, Pete, in terms of, I think, any kind of investment overseas, I think if you had to listen to people like Magnus and everybody else and people that have gone offshore, I think my advice to you would be, I implore you, try it. Just try it. You know, we are told in South Africa and I've been told for 20 years and so are all my friends, my family in terms of their retirement funds. You can only get your 5 to 6% in uh, pounds or euros and you should be thankful. That's not the case. It's absolutely not the case. And it's not just all this. There are many institutions like ourselves who can generate the kind of 8% returns, and some have even done a lot better. Remember, what we're offering is two components. You're getting your 8%, and then when you sell the building, you get the additional. What separates us and why you can get it is we have an investor who comes in for a million dollars. That's nearly 20 million rand. The person investing $5,000 gets the exact same returns as that large investor. And in the past, you weren't able to get that. That was exclusively for the ultra-high networks. And what we do is we level the playing field and everybody gets the exact same return. So they're essentially leveraging a very big business and the kind of asset we just bought recently, which was maybe only 12 or $15 million. But that was a quarter billion rand. And yet you're getting the same returns for only a small amount. How do you manage that? How can you make it so that a $5,000 investor gets the same return as a million-dollar investor? So one of the things, Alec, is if you look at myself and my entire team, uh, we come from a situation of really having built nice businesses in the past, and what we have is a desire to help thousands and thousands of investors from around the world, and that genuinely is our legacy we want to leave in Orvest. And so our mantra is that even if somebody came to us tomorrow and said, he has $100 million invested, the point is we will still look after our investors around the world and they will earn the exact same returns as other people in the investment. And so if you're able to do that, it becomes very appealing, in my opinion, to attract people from around the world who all want to achieve the same thing. And just Pete, just to um, uh, follow up on what uh, Martin said, you might know that the Business Global portfolio, which is in shares, which has been, we've been very lucky. I mean, we've, we've managed to buy, um, into 
into the tech boom at the right time. But there the, the return, the compound return has been 20% a year. So it can be done. It's not, and it, I can promise you I'm not a money manager. So that gives you a, a, an insight. It certainly isn't out of the ballpark. Uh, Colin Sewell asks, what percentage does Orvis invest in the property portfolio itself? So Orvis invests into every single uh, investment uh, between 3 to 5% or 25 to 5%. Uh, sometimes when we have partners involved, uh, they will co-invest together with us. Um, but that's pretty much the range we always like to try and invest. Dioka Mawiliri, uh, sorry for, for butchering your surname, uh, says, Hi, what's the minimum lump sum investment requirement? Minimum investment is $5,000. At the moment, it would, be, it would equate to about 88,000 Rand. And that means you are straight in. You essentially are now a real estate owner, a landlord in the United States. Shaman's uh, follow-up question is, can investors visit the buildings and get a feel of what they invested in? One of the things we're most proud of is we hold buyer's trips uh, once or twice a year, obviously notwithstanding COVID and the current global scenario, where we actually take people to the United States and people come and they see the buildings. We have the enviable reputation of having a 100% success rate. Because I assure you, somebody getting on a plane and going to the United States and standing in front of these big, enormous buildings where we, predominantly as South Africans, own them, it's phenomenal. Uh, when you do that, I assure you, you will want to be an investor in those buildings. Dominic Singeri says, does the Seychelles entity regularly produce financials that show all incomes and costs? I cannot speak on behalf of the Seychelles Exchange. I'm sure they are fully compliant and disclose exactly uh, what their financial status is. But bearing in mind, it's the same as any exchange. It's the same as why would people go to the Cayman Islands? Why would they go to Mauritius? You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exchange. What it does, it facilitates the investment through regulation into other parts of the world, just as any offshore portfolio would do. A follow-up question from Dominic. What other exciting products do Orvest have on the horizon? So, Dominic, we intend to be launching a building every two months going forward. Uh, we essentially now are going on to Medical 28, our 28th building. And so you can see the consistent uh, growth in the business. Uh, we launched uh, Princeton 300, which was in New Jersey uh, almost a month ago. It is already oversubscribed. Uh, which is fantastic for us, uh, obviously disappointing for some of the investors who weren't able to get into it. But uh, that's our goal, to bring a building to the market every two months. Well, you've got ambitious uh, uh, targets, so you, you've got to do that to, to do, achieve it in your lifetime. Sandy Kelly asks, uh, the model is based on the premise that the property is sold at a profit after five years. Is that not necessarily guaranteed. I think uh, what Sandy is getting at is what happens if you sell at a loss? So you are absolutely correct. Uh, if you sell at a loss, obviously it will impact the returns, hence the reason why we're into, for example, eight to 10 buildings. But remember how buildings are bought and sold in America. They're essentially bought and sold based on your net operating income of the building. So in America, if you have a leased building, uh, the first question you've got to ask is, are your rentals market related? The second is, are there escalations in your leases? And people think there's no inflation in America. That's absolutely incorrect. There is a two and to two and a half percent escalation built into every single lease consistently for the five or 10 years of that lease. Because remember, in healthcare, the leases are very, very long and they're very stable. And so as your revenue is increasing, and most of the time it's on a triple net lease, which means we don't pay for any of the expenses the tenants do. It means every year your income's going up and up, which if you're buying a building in the right area with the right kind of tenants and the right kind of escalations, it will and should be more hopefully in five years time than it is today. As you say, it's never a guarantee and I'm not going to guarantee something, but real estate is a great investment and expenses and cost of replacement and building increases over time. Armand, uh, Arsenville asks, instead of taking the dividend, can you not just reinvest the quarterly dividend? Definitely. So that gets back to the, the whole reinvestment story again. 
Okay, well, we've come to the end of uh, 25 questions today. Pretty good going, Martin. Uh, I think you've managed to answer uh, more than uh, what uh, what what might have been requested. And uh, just to perhaps uh, close off here, it is a new product. It is a new um, uh, a, a approach uh, from Orbis perspective. Are you going to be launching similar funds uh, of this nature, or I suppose it's a bit of a fund of funds or fund of properties in the future? So in terms of the portfolio, at this stage, there is only ODH1. Uh, we are going to see, obviously, how quickly this is oversubscribed and what the response in it and the demand. Uh, we are very, very bullish on this, and uh, it's been in the planning for many months. I just want to thank uh, Biz News and yourself, Alec, for allowing us to do the official launch today. Uh, we're excited. Um, if you want to get into this, as uh, I've said before, just go to www.orvis.com, register or contact us, or uh, in any way possible, one of our people will immediately get back to you, and we can have you in literally in a couple of days and invested into the U.S. And for existing investors, presumably it's even quicker. Very quick. They'll literally be able to go onto the platform, they'll see it there, and they'll be able to make the investment straight away. So in terms of people wanting to know how a platform works, once you are past that first hurdle, to literally reinvest is literally going on and clicking a button and choosing your product you want to go into. It's uh, certainly been assisted with technology uh, in the last couple of years. Well, thank you as, as always, Martin, for sharing with us today. It's, it's uh, always, always good to hear about exciting new opportunities from one of our business partners. And uh, I hope it's a pretty good day for you in New York. Thanks, and as far as, as far as we're concerned here from uh, Biz News, it's been our pleasure to uh, have this webinar with you. Look forward to being in your company again in the very near future. Pretty much every day we've got webinars. I'll be back on Thursday with the next in our Founders Series, and this time it's with uh, the founders of Discovery, um, Adrian Gore and Barry Swartzberg-Stewart. Do you want to tell us where we'll be able to pick up the uh, recording of this webinar? Excellent. Thanks, Alec, and thanks, Martin, for your time. Um, Alec, I put the YouTube channel on the chat bar, which is also on that control panel. There's a YouTube link there. We'll re we have to process the video quickly, and then we'll get it up as soon as possible for people to catch up and get some information. And then the website, obviously, for more information, is Orbvest. Uh, is it .com or .co.za? .com. 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 Thanks again. Until the next time, cheerio.